0: Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with superfast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, didn't have a great hunt. Deer didn't
0: move like usual. We just got set up in the this bedding picket. Um, We've been saving this spot for the rut. It's a nice...
1: It's a one seventy. That was money. I think it's down right over there, Ten yards. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes with that OG intro right at the rip. Hope you guys enjoyed that. A little kickback to about the first probably 100 episodes. Um, you guys heard that, that uh that intro, and uh, I really enjoyed listening to it. Bring back a lot of good memories. Got homie on there, hitting the moose call um, out in the old studio, and uh, a lot of of fun memories in that intro. But uh, let's get into this week's episode. We're talking hunting um, 2023 with no trail cams. Um, And I should state that this is no trail cam data in that year. Um, Nick's still going to utilize um trail cams but he's only going to utilize them for data for full term so he's going to hang them and forget them and he's just going to hunt and it sounds like he's mostly going to hang them only on private land as well um so this is a really cool tactic um that I think is felt was fun to talk about we get into a lot of cool stuff about his season last year and and how he going to go about this year of kind of leaving the trail cams to just do the work and him do the hunting um, so pretty cool topic. Um, let's get into the people that make this possible. We'll get into the show. Starting off with Exodus Outdoor Gear. Guys, if you have not been following their YouTube, um, they have an incredible amount of content that they release on their YouTube. And they've been releasing a ton of post-season scouting and shed hunting content here recently. Which this is the time of year that that is the most important thing to do is that post-season scouting. Um, a lot of good info in the three or four videos that they've released. So make sure and check out their YouTube. Also, they posted up a video of the new rival um, and some problems that some troubleshoots, understanding how the cam works, the lights, what they mean, um, how to activate it. A really good video if you did purchase a new rival um, cell cam to get you in the game. Um, If you haven't purchased a new rival cell cam, that is their new uh, five-year no BS warranty cell cam. That's $179 out the doors. So Here, you're getting a cell cam guaranteed for five years um, with the Scout Tech app and uh, pretty reasonable data prices. It's a great all-around cam. Um, I actually purchased two of them, um, and now I got four, two more. Now i got going to have four in the arsenal along with my renders. So I'm excited to get them out, start collecting data. I'm going to personally be running trail cams like I always do. I love the trail cam game. Nick's throwing out a new tactic. He's going to be using trail cams, but he's only going to be using them in the postseason when he collects that data to hunt the next year. So, hopefully, you enjoy the episode. Let's get right into it. All right. Well, we got my good buddy on Nick. How you doing tonight, brother?
2: What's going on, man? I'm, I'm excited to talk some deer, dude.
1: Yeah when uh, when I reached out to you to come on, we've been you'd uh, come on the Ruckation podcast during during my. Uh, rut updates and chatted a little bit and yeah. we said man we need to do another full length that so, so here we are and you're coming out kind of a really fun cool topic of the no trail cam you know recent M- mri for the year um but before we get into that uh do a brief intro of uh, who you are and what you do for the listeners
2: sure um my name's nick um i'm just your your everyday kind of guy. I I farm a little bit and then I do content creation uh, part-time for myself, small businesses here around the community. And um, I dabble a little bit in the the outdoor industry as well. Um, And I also run um, a YouTube channel uh, called Lethal Prairie with my buddy, Brandon. Um, So yeah, that's, that's what I do. And I'm addicted to whitetails badly.
1: Nice. Yeah. (laughs) We, we uh, you're kind of, there's probably about 10 people that I kind of keep tabs on through the season and see kind of how they're doing. Um, and you're one of them. Um, I think I feel like we message quite a bit during the season. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah. that's excellent. You're a trustworthy guy. We're close to hunt. We're close enough to hunt the same deer, but I know you're not going to backdoor me and come up and, and hunt. So we kind of spitball yeah, well, back and forth like and
2: three hours away. Yeah, right? Something yeah. Like that.
1: Yeah. We kind of spitball back and forth and share maps and stuff that a lot, you know, if you got a guy that you're friends with, but he also hunts the same area, you can't kind of do. So it's pretty cool All to right. have that uh, connection with you to be able to, to game plan with someone that I can trust. But um, when you decided to come on, um, you know, I wanted to talk about your season last year and kind of the, the struggles you went through and how you overcame that. Um, and that kind of sure. led to the idea of the no trail cam, um, which you kind of decided at the end of the year. So let's get into yeah. your season last year and kind of talk about, you know, your hunting and your, the, the struggles that you had going on throughout the year that made you want to switch?
2: Sure. Um, man, dude, this, this season was definitely a different one, honestly. Just, uh, well, I had my, my first kid, so learning her schedule and how to, you know, obviously you lose a lot, a lot of time in the woods whenever um, you're a single dad. So, um, which I'm totally blessed, it was awesome. So it was really kind of a learning year and I knew that up front. And I really wasn't going to have um, the time. Man, I, I don't know. I've had this. After hunting public for so long, I feel like um, in order to really put a, a good buck on the ground out here sometimes, you just really have to have an obnoxious amount of time to that. Or I mean, I know guys killing with cell cams, but um, you have to put in a lot, a lot of time. And if you don't have that, um, you're kind of, I don't know behind the eight ball I feel like I guess so I knew I was coming in the season with with um less time than than usual and then I ended up just life situations I ended up losing my job and my truck breaking down in like the same like month um which was like I think October or right before deer season so it was just kind of um uh, started a new job and just uh life kind of got me down but um what ended up happening over my whole entire season is I I actually got to hunt with people who had just um, got into deer hunting this year for the first time, some buddies of mine, and um, it completely changed my perspective on how I want to move forward with hunting. Um, I learned a lot this season by just having, tagging them along and listening to their their questions and, and watch them, you know, the, the roller coasters of hunting. So um, that's kind of what gave me a a a really different perspective is almost just forcing myself into a situation where so what i ended up doing um for myself and me and brandon actually killed the deer this way is i did go back on some of the the um historical data that i knew about some of these spots but from there i kind of hunted just real organically like we just went out and i put a lot of time in driving around the fields and spotting and doing bump and dumps. And I had so much more fun just not really knowing what's gonna be around the next corner and, and not hunting until I knew I was on a buck um, due to the, the scouting that I was doing. And I had so much more fun um, just just being out there and, and the woodsmanship and than I ever did staring at trail cameras and figuring this out and trying to find this pattern. and. And, and knowing he's alive from October to, to, to this time of year, dude, it was just, um, I don't know, it kind of it brought me back to just being a kid and what, what gets you into it in the first place, you know, especially hunting with people um, that are just getting into the, the sport, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, going out there and hunting the way that you were, like you, every hunt you could be like the one because you don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. And, and I don't care yeah. what anybody says, like if you have trail cam data – and you kind of know the spot and you're after maybe a buck or a certain, you know, two bucks, like you go set in a set and you're like, man, there's probably like a 25% chance that I could kill him. Like, yeah, you're you, there's a good chance you might come by with a, the, uh, you know, the intel that you have, the content that you've collected on him. Um, but right. you, you always in the back of your head, you're like, man, where's this deer at? You don't, you know, you don't really, really know. But with you, like you're visually seeing these deer and going okay he's here I I got a really good idea I've seen him go in here let's go hunt him um yeah I think that's a really fun like you said a really fun way to hunt which I think a lot of people are hunting that way um but they're they're wording it different than what you are you know you're you're just you're still running cans but you're not running them like the normal guy you're out there trying to make make shit happen and not really
0: working on the data yeah not yeah, working
1: yeah. on the data that you're collecting right away because yeah. there's guys that are very successful off of collecting data acting yeah. on it right away um and i think and if you're, you're a kind way of, smarter than me yeah i think <laughs> if you're the kind of guy that wants to target like one specific buck that's kind of yeah. the only way to do it but if you're Just a definitely. guy that's like man i'm good with shooting just a good buck like i think your way is a really good way to go about it and i think the learning curve is going to be way shorter your way because you're just going to be in so many more experiences with new ground that you're going to learn faster
2: the woodsmanship
1: of it and like i think just going back to what i said those, those guys that are
2: you know chasing specific bucks like dude that is just as hard as anything else to me um so hats off to those guys and I've done it and I just feel like I get lost in the sauce, man. I get so much more worried about, is he there? What's he doing? Am I in the right tree? What about now? What about this one? And I just get all in my head and I start second guessing or maybe, you know, like you said, that 25% chance that he acts deer do deer shit. So if he gets up and goes the opposite direction, he could have been right a hundred times, but he got up and just did something different. And so... I'm, I'm so impatient that if I don't have that immediate, um, like you said, seeing it with my eyes, knowing he's there, and having that dedication to it, um, I think, um, like I just I get impatient, you know. I'm sitting up there second guessing myself or him and Hall, and when. If, if I go in and I mean, I'm down to scout for four days and if we don't hunt, we don't hunt because we didn't see what I wanted to see, you know, and I I learned more that way. I learned more about wind that way. I learned more about deer that way this year than I ever have just going in and bumping them off of right off a trail you didn't think they were going to be on. You're like, holy shit, he's why why would a big buck bed like this? And then instead of going and finding a bed and be like, well, he's probably bedding with this one. Like, no, I watched him bed in this bed on this wind. And I have the next three days to figure out he's in this, whatever piece of property that I, I found him on, I'd turn him down. And then I just, it's, it's almost like, um, the thrill of the unknown too, you know, what you're, what yeah, you're going to run yeah, into.
1: Yeah. 100%. Cause you, I mean, if you run cams on a property, you know, you pretty much know what's out there, you know? Yeah, so, and I, I'm real adamant on running cams. I absolutely love cams. Um, collecting long-term data. I actually just pulled three today and the d- data that I collected was, I had the three worst trail cam pulls I've ever had. Probably ever <laughs> for like full year content. Like it Damn. was, it was insane. like, I'm on three pinch points that it's all water pinches going to a giant ag source. I'm like, "Oh, late season? Right. Going to be huge. Nothing huh. out there, bro. Nothing. Yeah. Not even like there's a few does, one six-pointer that was kind of consistent. Other than that, yeah. like uh the buck that I missed in October or first of November. I got a picture of him like the 12th of November going through the pinch. And then I got a picture of the tall, tight 10, like December 30th. And that's the only bucks that I had in there all year. I'm like, that those spots look really good yep. on the map. They look really good in your mind, but without the trail cam data, you know, you don't know. So that's where it comes back to me. Like I utilize trail camera data a lot, but it, there's something really gratifying about going in and be like, okay, this is a good spot. And then the bucks do what you think they're going to do. We, you know, without, oh, yeah, without yeah. any Intel with the, the cameras. So,
2: and don't get me wrong. Like how I've gotten to this point though, is from doing that. It's from using trail cameras. Like we've, we've ran trail cameras out here on these. We, we hunt two or three different big public land pieces out here. Um, and I pretty much know them really, really well at this point. I've walked most of it either shed hunting or turkey hunting or whatever we do out there fishing. So I kind of know how it all sets up. Um, and I mean, I, okay, we ran a trail camera in this one time. We didn't really get any bucks. So I'm, or we only had bucks in October. So maybe whenever I'm going to be doing my driving and scouting, I'm, I'm there in October because trail cameras from the past had told me that this is usually pretty good that time of year. So getting to that point, like I've definitely used the trail cameras and I believe in them. I, I think like, if you're gonna hunt a deer in October, especially, um, and even late season, getting those, the patterns with the cameras is, is deadly. Um, but I, I just think, man, like I, I wonder how many times I could have killed even a bigger deer than what I was onto with trail cameras if I was just using those trail cameras to figure out what I should be doing next year and hunting organically, um, like I have been, or if you want to call it organically, um, you know, how many more opportunities would I have had, maybe even bigger deer, just by going around and figuring out where they're at, and like you said, the, the learning curve of it, because I know I've I've pulled up to the parking lots, and this year, like, I went and drove parking lots and see where guys are at, and That's a, you know, there's a bunch of guys in this parking lot, but not in that one. That's a, that's a good sign, especially around here. So, but I pull up in parking lots and there've been guys parked there. And if I have a trail camera in there and I know that buck's been in there at least once in the past couple of weeks, I'll make the decision and go in there when that guy probably has been hunting him or already killed him or, and I mean, you know, you don't know what you're really walking in on with the guy being in there, you know, who's already maybe ruined your hunt, you know? And now I don't like after hunting this way this year like I don't ever really see myself trying to be that dedicated to what a trail camera is going to tell me other than on some of my private ground and it's to do exactly what you know we were saying is get that that long-term data for what's going to happen next season and then and from that I don't really I don't know I just I want I want to see the bucks with my eyes and visually know what's going on instead of just getting a trail camera picture in a pinch because for me personally, I, I don't, I can't learn from numbers and, and you know what I mean? Putting the pattern together and all this. I'm I'm horrible at that.
1: Yeah. I feel like, you know, with me over the years, I run a ton of cams. I know you run quite a few as well, Uh, but I rely on that data probably too much. And I catch myself doing that. I caught myself doing that last year. Um, and you know, you go hunt a property where the trail cam hasn't been very good, but then you have a good sit there and then you're like, damn, do I leave? Do I stay? Um, I feel like that the trail cam data is like when it's good, when it's good data, it's like incredible. But when it's yeah. just okay data, it just throws a giant wrench in your system to make you decide what you're going to do. Like, are you going to go where? man, he's been there twice in the last two weeks, like, on trail cam, or are you going to go where you think he might be because of, you know, you? there's a good doe baiting over here, or, you know, you've seen him here in the past within this week. Like, there's a lot of decisions you have to make, but I feel like those trail cams weigh so heavily because that's, like, the only piece of intel that you have. But when you physically see the deer, it opens up your eyes to be like, you know, screw what the trail cam says. I know he's right there. Like he was using it this on this wind this time of year. I know he's in the area. Like let's, let's make a move. And, um, the way that you're hunting, you're, like you said, you're covering way more ground because you're not, most of the time, if you have a trail cam hung somewhere, you kind of know how the ground already works in that area. So you're, you're, you have a good idea of how the deer are going to use the area um, and then that's how you're getting pictures of them on trail cam. But if you go into an area where you have no trail cams, you got to figure that shit out on the fly and then see deer do stuff and then put it in the bank. Like, okay, this spot, they do this, you know? Yep. Cause there's spots that you can look at and kind of, okay, here's a washout. They're going to pinch here or here, you know, there's, right. they're going to pinch around these hunters. If you can make some conclusions off of what just normal whitetails would do, but um, I catch myself a lot of times relying on that content from the trail cameras too much. Um, and you know, the year before this year, I had really good success. Like trail cams hot, let's go in there and hunt and let's kill. And that's what we did. Like we went in there, trail cams hot, went in there, hunted, killed the buck. We were going in there after. Um, and we're, sick. Yeah. Like mean, it it, it like worked out great. But then this yeah. year I'm running more trail cameras and I'm getting more data but I don't have anything that's extremely consistent. So I'm just going off of like the best odds of, okay, there's a lot of bucks on cam in this area, whether it's daylight or dark, like I'm just trying to set in the highest population areas of shooter bucks. Um, and I feel like I did like a shotgun pattern, um, this year when the year before I did like a sniper pattern, like I went in there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to hunt this area. This is the best cam I got instead of hunting the property that in a nutshell had the most pictures of bucks um, on that property. So like if I had five cams on that property and I got, you know, a lot more shooter bucks on that property, that's where I went, you know, right. whether those deer were more killable or not than other deer, I choo- yeah. choose to go there because maybe one was bigger or, you know, I had emotional connection with one like Jojo. Right. I really want to kill that deer because I missed him. So I wasted a lot of sets on that property um when i wasn't getting any intel that he was there i was just like i'm going in here and i'm trying to figure it out um but you're i was limited and i wasted a lot of time
2: and that's how i've always used trail cameras i don't think i've ever been able we've we've maybe patterned like honestly one deer and it took us two years um to figure out exactly what he was doing and then get cameras on him like okay this is the pattern he was just He's in a we were one of those deer that, was in, that lived in a bowl where he could smell everything and he was i mean maybe a better hunter than me could figure him out, but I got busted by him at like fifteen yards at the edge of daylight um when the day wind shut off because he could smell in basically a cove so but I've only been able to actually pattern like you said do the sniper you know we got a a web of cams out and this is my hottest cam and this is the buck that i want to go after and you know i've i've never been able to really do that and so i've done what you've always are talking about this is my highest odds i get the most amount of shooter bucks in this area that's the area that i'm hunting and then from there like that's why like i'm i'm kind of okay with just kind of walking away from the trail cameras anyways because i even at that point i just abandoned the camera at that yeah so if i am in there october and then i might check it again in november but after that like it's all through sight, and i'm either staying on that property or if i can tell that something has they've moved on or whatever then that's what i do i just kind of use the camera to okay this is my target area and then which is, is a good tactic like it works and there's nothing wrong with it either i think like um I, I cut
1: my teeth doing that, you know? Yeah, I, it, it I, works. I think I'm just so more, um, I'm a better hunter when I'm targeting one buck Yeah. or I just, so I'm so much more focused and I feel like I'm gaining and I'm kind of knocking away instead of I'm going to go hunt this deer for two days. Now I'm going to go hunt this deer for two days and I'm going go to go over wow. here and hunt this deer for three days. Like it's just. Right.
2: Now, and and yeah. I'll say like, that's something that I don't do either. Like, once I kind of get onto one or two, then I'm sticking with that spot until I'm for sure, like, either the wind kicks me out of it, you just can't hunt in there anymore, or until I've either messed it up or I've just literally got skunked over and over. And it's like, okay, something, you know, like this year we did it, you know, I kicked up, we had a blizzard come through, and then I I kicked up um, a buck uh, right after that blizzard, super windy. And um, my buddy was hunting, and we seen about four bucks in a field um, that actually we had been hunting in November that Brandon killed off of. And so he went towards the field, and I went towards the buck that I had bumped. Well, within two days, it went from 30 degrees and and 30 or 10 degrees and 30 mile an hour wind to 50 by Wednesday. And so the the pattern had just shifted. So those same bucks that we were on had literally just moved on to a different pattern because they were they were in these, these places because of the blizzard. They were eating um, oh, uh, the, the grass that was a a, a over from the spring. And then they were down in a bottoms where I kicked the other buck up um, off of the CRP field, but they were going in the bottoms and eating locust pods. And, but once it was 50 degrees and they could eat other stuff again, they completely abandoned it, and so then I was, you know, back to scouting and trying to figure out what what they were doing. But I I hunted those bucks until the end of season, and I found them at the end of December, and we have till January twentieth. So I stuck with those properties trying to bounce around and relocate those deer, which just never happened. Um, but my 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 starting point is you know. We had no cameras on. We had one camera a mile away from one of the fields that we had killed on previously, but that didn't really give me much information on where we were actually hunting the bucks at. So yeah. I was like, this is, I had way more fun anticipating going in, scouting right off the, you know, kicking him, bumping him, seeing him in a field and then trying to hunt him down from there was, did it was a blast and going back Um, A little bit to what you were saying, like, if you're the kind of guy that wants to just shoot, you know, any kind of buck or, you know, you're not really targeting a specific, um, you know, which is kind of, I would, I put myself in that range. Like, I have my standards just because I know the properties, so I know what's, what these properties, I'm not going to go out and think that I'm going to shoot 160 inch deer off of some of these properties every year, but I know, you know, the range between 140s or higher is definitely attainable. So that's kind of my goal every year. But what really made me check myself was hunting with these these newer people and, and I it completely changed my my view on kind of even the hunting industry, but man, they were they, they were like so jacked on like trying to shoot the biggest buck that they were passing good deer and they've never even tried deer. They're like, Well, I seen an eight pointer and over the summer and they're listening to these you know, the podcast and YouTube and seeing all these guys kill these big deer. And, that, and I'm like, I had to stop. And I was checking my friends, like, yo, you've never even shot a deer. Like, and I, I actually got one of my friends super jacked up in a tree and made him shoot a deer. He didn't want to shoot <laughs> because I was like, he's a good boy. You got to shoot him and got him And that was so much fun for me. So it, it kind of made me check myself. Like, am, am I getting there where I'm not settling for what are damn good deer and learning process because I haven't shot a bunch of giants um so my passing up opportunities to learn and educate myself and just get more deer under my belt um uh, at the fact of you know because I'm on Instagram and I want to post a good picture of a good buck because that's not who I am or or that's not what I want to be and so hunting like this and it'll even for me it just kind of like I said, it just brought me back to the love of just going out there. Like as a kid, you know, you didn't know what to expect when you went out with your dad, or and even as a teenager, you just kind of set up and hope for the best over the field edge, and you really the, the anticipation of what could show up. Because when we started hunting, we didn't have trail cameras or none of that, yeah. and I got that feeling again by checking myself hunting with you know I was, I was you know the FNGs and then um just hunting a little bit different and it just brought me back to you know why i fell in love with this in the first place
0: yeah
1: i mean finding your style is key and hell just from when i've had this podcast over the past five years my style has changed drastically throughout the years because you know i gain property i lose property i gain property so it's like it's a revolving door of how i'm hunting these deer the older i get i feel like i'm getting better at it but i'm also um there's years where like last year i was all over big deer i just couldn't close the deal like you know i yeah you know hit the limb on the one and then probably should have shot one was timid because i hit a limb and then had opportunities on deer and passed really good deer um I'm the same way. I'm a, I'm a killer at heart. Um, and I've killed a a shitload of deer. So I definitely have, I think I've had the, you know, the experience of killing deer. I think that's important because when you do get on a good deer, making the shot so key and the only way, only way to practice that is to kill them. Um, so I kind of, you know, this year, their late season, I shot a buck that I'd passed deer bigger than him already um, but I decided this deer was in my plot and I was going to go in and, and kill him. And, uh, he was 130 in an eighth. Um, had a couple base kickers. So like 128 inch mainframe. Yeah. Completely and utterly jacked to be able to kill him. Um, right. and I picked up the slogan. Um, you know, if you're jacked, you better shoot him. Cause you never know what buck's going to be your last is what I told my wife. And I've kind of been just back. sticking to that, you know, I mean, that could have been my last year hunting. Um, So yeah. I think it's important to get those kills, not to, don't really, don't worry. People don't really care about what you shoot. They're going to look at the picture right. and, and move on and, and more than and likely forget. forget, you know, yeah, and
2: yeah.
1: um I've, uh, you're the be-
2: only one that it really, really, yeah, the
1: year before I yeah. went into kill mode, man, where I got burned on property. So I was just like first year with the frames dead, did that. Second deer, I'm like, real nice buck, dead, you know, (laughs) and then I was bucked out. Last year, I was trying to hold out because I thought my piece was going to be really good late season, and I was wrong. Um, So, but that just goes back to tell you, you know, when you're running these trail cams, I think the trail cams, they're most valuable either two ways. One is a cell cam. If you can get direct intel, that is huge. Like, if you can get direct intel, what you got going on, great or if you use them like you're going to use them where you get that full length season Intel and act on it next year. So kind of go into how you're going to approach next year and how you're going to set your cams, um, to get that Intel through for the whole entire season.
2: Yeah. So, um, I agree. I've, um, we've ran the cell cams and, um, I know a lot of guys are haters on the cell cams. It's, You know, it's, what they say it's not a fair chase or what have you, but I mean, we actually ran cell cameras for the first time this October, and every time that we had a specific buck that, um, well, mainly Brandon, because they they're his cell cameras, wanted to kill, um, either it was, neither one of us were off work, or the wind was absolutely impossible to go into that property to kill that deer the way that it sets up. So it... It didn't matter that we were having, you know what I mean, these cell cane pictures of these deer because you couldn't do anything other than just you know where he's at in the moment, you know. So to the guys that are always saying that it's it's a such an easy game or whatever, I definitely don't think that's the truth. Um, but moving forward, um, so I have some private pieces. I've got about 150 acres in total combined with like I think it's like out of four or five properties. I think I'm. What I'm, I've never ran trail cameras on them. I've always. It's about two hours south of me, and um, it's all family-owned um, property and stuff. And I've hunted it most of my life, and I kind of know what goes on. But I've never, never ran trail cameras on them. I never did any kind of data. I just know kind of a certain time of the rut where I've seen for years and years and years. I've always seen really big bucks and. I um, actually had a chance um, at a few of them, messed them up and then finally connected with one last year um, and about got ran over by a bigger one. So I know that time frame is on fire, but I don't know what's going on in early season or late season. And if I'm missing out per you know, I could be. And uh, so I'm going to take all my trail cameras and I'm going to put them more on my my private pieces um, some scrapes that I know are just there. These are, like I said, these are properties that I've been in my family pretty much my whole life. So I kind of know them really well. So I know where I would want to put trail cameras. Um, so I just kind of want to use, um, the next couple of years. And I say couple of years because here in Illinois, it's a lot of farm country. And, um, if, and you, you could probably attest to this too. There is a big difference in a bean year and a corn year, if your property is next to one or the other. So, a lot of times what i see deer do in one year i'm like oh my gosh this is the best place in the world and then it gets beans for two years you know what i mean then it's a completely different setup so i would like to at least run um, the trail cameras in the same relatively same spots for about two years and get a full census of okay what are my really hot weeks of big bucks coming through this property Is there bucks that really do live on these properties, early season, um, late season? um, Would it benefit? Because a couple of them set up where I could put some, a couple different food pots. Would that benefit or hurt the property? Maybe I should just concentrate on bedding um, and kind of get what these deer are already doing and then trying to add to that habitat for them. Um, For me, but also, I mean, my, my daughter she's one and um of course you want your kids to hunt with you And i know the way that i hunt on public ground i'm not going to be able to get you know a young kid into hunting it's just not going to be that much fun to go tracking in and hiking miles deep to find bucks and it public land is just a grind but to be able to get her out on a piece of, of pri- private ground that um she can be successful on early season and have a good time just going and sitting in a bind is another big goal of mine so that's pretty much kind of how I'm going to use my trail cameras. Um, and I'll probably start that process. I'm going down there in a few weeks, um, to do some, some maintenance down there. And then I'll probably start the process in like September and just basically let the cameras sit. I'm not going to hunt what are on those cameras at all. Um, I'll pull them as I go down there and I'm going to hunt those properties the same that I've been hunting them because I've been successful, um, in that time frame, And, uh, like I said just you know get that full year's worth of you know if it's hot in a certain week of October maybe a few days in October and I start to catch on to that then that's something that I you know would possibly jump on in the next couple of years and then um but really man I'm I work for a farmer now so I won't be doing much early season hunting anyway so I'm really not even going to get out until the rut so for me to running trail cameras on on public that time of year and Guys have already, you know, destroyed the the public ground by by November, and it gets even crazier in November. So what your trail cameras are, are really going to tell you in September and October aren't really going to be what I'm going to, you know, target uh, for the rut and late season. And so that's where the just complete finding them from the road, driving around, walking around, doing the in season scouting. Um, and hunting, you know, bucks organically is going to come, uh, in clutch. And clutching, I think it's going to be a blast because I'm, I mean, I'm right now I'm going and shed hunting and, and walking new property and learning new ground, but, um, I'm not worried at all about summer, what deer are going to be doing when it's hot and I don't want to be out there. Um, you know, I'm sure I'll go out and film cause he doesn't like to see velvet bucks, but, um, basically i kind of feel free in a way you know just to to go out there and i have my expectations i know some bucks that i know made it so i'll be trying to find them for sure um get my eyeballs on them but if not like i know there's big deer on some of these properties that i have seen them so all i gotta do is is scout my ass off and learn as much as possible i think woodsmanship people is, is undervalue. And that's something that I'm really trying to get good at, um, learning thermals and, you know, a lot of times what you find deer doing in this spot, they do at that spot too. You yeah, know, so sure.
1: I, uh, I really like that. You mentioned that the ag changes, I had that wrote down in my notes. Um, you know, the, the four year content is key, but you need, if you're, if your property switches corn to beans, you need a full two years of content yeah. to, data to actually understand what these deer do um it's crazy this year during shotgun season um the does when it was cold like that the does were in the beans um yeah and it was weird to me man and um i'd hunt the beans and i'd see a lot of deer and i'd hunt the corn and i wouldn't see much I'm like what the hell I didn't, see
2: much on corn this year either.
1: I didn't know what was going on and um but i was also on a new piece of property so right not trying to figure that out as well um with these cams that you're going to leave all year um are you gonna put them on scrapes or in pinches or bedding or kind of a mix of all because um, i i run a lot of cams on scrapes and i feel like a lot of people do as well um but i feel like you miss like you miss a lot you a lot of people like to elevate cams on scrapes which i think yeah. is great especially on public so you don't lose the cam but Mm-hmm. There is a shitload of bucks that will just walk downwind of that scrape and not even touch it, not even come close to it, and you miss all of them. So I don't
2: think guys realize that. That's a really key thing, something that I learned um, by, by screwing it up, is bucks don't always come right into that scrape. They will just... They can smell it. I'm half a mile away. So all they got to do
1: is walk downwind and they can smell that. Yeah. I mean, I've had deer still on cam and they just go downwind of it, you know, and they don't even hit it. Like they might lift their nose when they walk by it, but that's all they do. Um, But what I like to do is I like to run them low pointed where I can see the background and I run them on video. So like you don't get a picture of the buck and you're like, oh yeah, I hit the scrape when actually he just cruised through. So. It's it's crazy how much more you can video, yeah you, video mode a killer yeah you can you can learn from video mode, Um, but there's some bucks that like will travel just to hit the scrape at nighttime and and you get no yeah. other pictures of that deer and you're like okay that deer is strictly out there working that scrape and the chances of me killing him are very very low you know it's just he's gonna have to be on some doe randomly over there because he's definitely not on this property he's just hitting yeah. the scrape at night. Um, but what, what's your going to, what's your go-to going to be for those, those long-term cam sets?
2: So I, like I said, I know most of these properties pretty well. Um, and they're all broken down into bigger, or pretty small pieces, honestly. Um, one of them, I'm not going to run cameras on cause I share permission with uh, the guy that owns it and he runs his trail cameras. And I mean, I'll really only kind of hunt it when he doesn't, I'm not going to hunt it too seriously. And, um, from the sign that I seen, I was actually just in it. I'll probably only hunt it on a, a Northwest wind and it'll probably be just a, man, I don't really have anything to hunt this morning. And I need to, he's got one spot on this 80 acre. That's just dynamite. And I've only hunted on that wind. So I'm not really even going to worry about running trail cameras on that, but I have two properties specifically that are smaller. One is 10 acres and the other one is 15 and it is a mixture of everything on one. I got bedding, I got ag, I got um, a rigger bottom that kind of comes through it. It's almost like on the tip of an oxbow um, and a good creek crossing. So I kind of just, I know how the deer move through the property. So I'll just kind of set them up based on like transitions, um, like the, the creek crossing. Um, and then if I know of a few scrapes. Straight- that they work in there but I've never seen any like they're just rut scrapes is what I could tell like you know the ones that the deer just make when they're frustrated or that's not something that they're they're hitting all the time I've never that's what's always led me to not hunting in October because I've never really seen something that has shown me that I think actually stay in there in October but so um mainly with, with those both of those properties like one's kind of good bedding so i mean you could call a a couple of those trail cameras right next to the bedding the transitions really a combination of anything that really works for that property and then the other one is strictly a transition piece um i do know does bet on it and that's kind of why i want to run a a couple trail cameras in it and this is the 10 acre piece um because only five of it you can really hunt um and it's it's not in a neighborhood but there's houses out in the country around it and they just they funnel through these giant bottoms through my grandpa's property. And my grandpa's in his 70s, and no one goes back there and touches those woods. And his neighbors I have permission on, and no one touches those woods either. They're in their 70s as well. So these deer, what happens is during gun season, they get pressured from everywhere, and they feel really comfortable cruising across the road uh, right where my, my grandpa's property is at. And um, it took me a long time to really dial it in, but now I kind of understand how they use it and what winds they really like to use it on. Um, so really on, on that piece, there's one scrape that I know that these bucks hit. So I'll have a, a trail camera on a scrape there. And then on the other side of the property, it's, it's a transition that they use to go across the road um, and, and enter and exit this property. Um, and they got a, a, a pretty good... A uh, field down there, but I never know what it's going to get planted in. I mean, they've planted it in um, wheat before, so it just random. It's in a bottom, so that don't, I think it's just one of those fields that it, it's going to flood at some point. So they don't care too much about, you know. Um, I love so that.
1: Have- yeah, I love that entrance exit camera. I run a lot of those, um, yeah. where you know you have a heavy trail coming off the neighbors on a fence row or Creek crossing or something you can catch him coming off the neighbors. I love to run a cam on that because that gives you the idea of, okay, this buck left my property going this direction on this wind. And he came into my property on this wind, you know, yep. coming into my property. I know he's on my property that day with this wind. There's so much Intel you can get and from that stayed, other than he just,
2: stayed on the property. Yeah.
1: Other than just yeah. a picture on a food plot or a picture with a scrape those entrance exits on a property are awesome to yeah, see I, what you got going on.
2: A good trick for guys that want to do that on public. Cause I do that on public a lot with uh, trail cameras is all I uh, go in. Um, I mean, you can do it any time of year, really, but a lot of late season go in and bump all the deer off that property and follow them and go follow where, where do they take off running to get off that property? And that's probably where they're always going to come in and come, come from. At least that's what I've found. I've had a lot of success going and bumping all the deer. Okay. They run to this corner and then go out there, find that, you know, that cattle pasture trail and there you go. That's the trail that they're going to come in on most of the year.
1: Yeah. That's a great tip, man. It's, it's so, like I said, there's just so much more value um, there. And you know, when I was talking to you on the phone earlier, I had kind of decided that I had ran some long term sets and and spots that I thought were good. And man, the the intel I got is the intel I got, but it's it wasn't good. Like it just right. was. But that's still intel. Yeah, it, it's still intel, you know. And you're like, man, you wasted that cam all year there, but now you know if that's corn. Like there's no reason to even waste a hunt in there. Um, yep. So yep. it and it it eliminates a lot of property by doing that with your cams. Um, like I had pictures all the way up to when I walked up and pulled them February 21st, like pictures of me walking up. So I know exactly what went on. And there was some parts, there was like, I think it went from like January 30th to February, like 16th with no pictures. Like, yeah. You're like, what? Like Nothing. You know, and then a doe. I'm like, so nothing came through here for 16 days. Like that just goes to show you like, and if you went out there and just scouted it right now, you can see there's a pretty good fence crossing, you know, where they jumped all year, lots of tracks in it. You're like, oh yeah, that's a pretty good spot. You know, I might throw a set at this, but having that data where my cam was on that fence crossing all year. Yep. I know what jumped that fence. I know exactly yeah. what went on there. Um, and, and then once you know that yeah. you can
2: take that camera and utilize doing the same thing somewhere else.
1: Yeah. N- now, now like I, said, I need, that. I need to know a year of beans and see if there's any difference. Um, yeah. but if he goes corn on corn, which a lot of farmers, you know, they're spread in hydrous yeah. and go corn on corn. Um, if he does that, then I'll, I'll know. But if he goes beans, then I, you got to start it over. Cause like you said, that ag change oh, yeah. is so huge. Yeah. Um, but then once you have that Intel, then you're like, okay, I kind of know as long as nothing majorly changes. Um, and another thing that I do that a lot of people probably don't even think about is you run that cam all year and you get some Intel, like the Intel that I said, I I think, I don't know if it was recording when we said it or it was before I recorded it, but I said, remember there was a six pointer that was pretty consistent. Yeah. Well, if that deer lives in about two years, three years, I might right. want to throw Cam there during that time of Maybe year to see if he's yeah. still alive. Like, if he was doing it and was consistent then, like, you know, did he change? Maybe, but I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, there's a basket aid or something, and they it just just goes through their mind, yep. you know, but if you can remember the spot, remember the buck, wow. and... Say man, maybe in two years I could come back and if he's consistent, like I could maybe make something happen. Um, so that's something to also think about with those long-term cam sets. Um, if you have a buck there that potentially might be a shooter in a couple years, like don't write that area off, but utilize it somewhere else and then touch base back. Yeah. But the yeah, answer out
2: there and yeah, and come back whenever you think maybe he's of the caliber you want to shoot.
1: The answer to all of this. And the answer that I have done over the years is every year just buy more trail cams, you know, and then <laughs> then you can waste trail cams to get yeah, into I
0: yeah,
1: mean, exactly. it, it's, you got, you have the assets that you have to utilize and that's all you have. So right. you can either move them or you can keep them there. And like, I, that, like on this certain field that I'm thinking of, I'll probably move. I'll pro- The one spot is just looks so good in my mind that I'm probably going to, run another one there beans. Cause it's just too damn good. Like it's too good. Um, not to run it, but then the other, like the other ones I'm pulling the other two, I'm going to pull and move somewhere else. Um, right. but if I bought two more cams, then I'd be like, well, hell I'll just leave them there and I'll pull somewhere else. You know, I still have cams out right now. So yeah. I have, yeah. I have some, I have a bunch out on public and they're probably gone or like, I mean, it, yeah, I just I have really come, bad luck this I, time of year for
2: them. Yeah. yeah the, the shed, the shed yeah, hunters
1: they are. are savages, bro. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, are they s- are. Hell, they're scooping yeah. something, even either trail cams yeah. or sheds, one or the other. Um,
2: they coming out rich regardless. Yeah.
1: But I have, I have multiple ones out there and I had a lot of SD cards get stolen this year. So I got to come up with, I'm trying to do like a, a snare wire lock um, like the cheapest way to lock the doors on these cams, um, yeah. um, kind of make my own snare wire system with a lock to just save my SD cards. Cause I feel like someone's, it's okay to steal an SD card and they leave the camera. I'm like, dude, you might as well have stole the camera because yeah, you, literally took, you took the whole reason it was here. It's like, I didn't even have that cam this year, <laughs> Yeah, you know? So um, I had yeah, I had made, I had okay, SD I mean, cards and cams sure. stole on private land this year. Like it's just yeah. it's just part of it, but it sucks when you do that long term. I wanted to mention that at this end when you do that long term set and you don't go back and check on that thing, you could be yeah. banking on data that's not even there because someone snagged yeah. it. So
2: yeah, that is something that I I definitely encourage, like especially on public. Um, on my private, I'll I'll check it a few times throughout the season. Um, but I mean, I have family that live on most of it and are, are around it. So I'll know who's coming and going, but on private, especially like go and check on your trail cameras. Cause you'll, uh, I got lucky one time, actually this year, I, I forgot about a trail camera two years ago and it was still there. Yeah, um, but yeah. it was in some thick gnarly and the SD card was gone, oh, yeah. but it was in some thick gnarly shit. And I forgot, completely forgot about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've dude. We've had some years where we've had close to, I mean, like ten to fifteen trail cameras keep yanked, and that's go check on your trail camera. Yeah, it
1: burns. I had one one year that I was like, I was for sure. I hung in an area, marked it on my phone, and never went back to it. And I kind of had an idea where I put it, but I was like dead set that that someone stole that camera. And I went in there and could not find that cam, could not find it, and I was like, What the hell? And uh we it was like a heavy snow year and I had hmm. it like the snow had pushed the tree, the little tree over and broke it and it was strapped on the tree with the tree laying on the ground and then when after all the snow melted I went back out there and the cam was there on the ground.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like cussing a dude on the way out. I'm like, dude, come on, like how petty do you have to be to steal shit, you know? And yeah it was it was still there like i went back out there shed hunting and i found it i'm like oh here holy shit here's a cam <laughs> uh,
2: I, I definitely had those those panic you know you get to the tree that you know you know it's on this tree yeah damn it i put it there and then you're cussing and mad and why do you, you steals trail camera like don't get it and then it's like three trees away
1: you're like oh yeah Oh yeah, I yeah. I forgot that I made it. Yeah. yeah, I I gotta keep a very good note pin on my app, or I yeah. I'll lose shit. It I got so I got too much shit spread out. I got up yeah. to 40 this year, um, and I have two still in the packaging, still in the box that I didn't even use. So I ran 38, and it was just that's too much for me with one. But I'm hope I was hoping that all this late season data was really going to pay off, but man, where I hung them on my, the newer pieces that I was hunting, I just, it did just the shit that I thought was going to happen just didn't happen. But now I know. So it goes to, well, yeah, that's, that's, uh,
2: that's why it's what they say. That's why it's called.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, let, let the people know where they can find uh, your content again, some of your hunts, and then we'll wrap this thing up.
2: Yeah, so um, if you look up Lethal Prairie on YouTube, uh, we're actually in the middle of a, a four-part series. Um, my buddy Brandon shot a nice buck off of this property. Um, we're gonna do a three-part video series and um, a podcast to really go in depth with the, the hunt and what I went into it. So uh, go check, uh, check me out there. I do all the editing and um, 50% of the filming on that. And then um, on Instagram, that's where I do most of my stuff. Um, you can check me out on, on TikTok too, but I don't take TikTok real serious, but it's, uh, at lethal underscore Nick. So All that's right, where boy. I'd be.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this, uh, cool after wall topic. And I think it got, you know, hopefully got some people thinking, uh, about, you know, kind of what their game plan is going to be for next year. Cause this is the time to decide it, um, because it, 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 it'll be deer season before we know it, especially if, like, you know, you have kids and jobs and shit going on. It, it comes up right. fast. So appreciate you coming out. Baby.
2: And, and go out there and, and have fun. Like that was what I took away from everything. You know, from changing the tactics to hunt with, um, these newer cats, man, just, just go have fun. Cause like you said, you never know when it's going to be your last one.
1: That's for sure. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Nick. Very fun conversation and a different way to utilize your trail cameras. Um, I've been doing this for years with that long-term data, um, but he's just going to strictly go off that and stop going with pulling cams and and making moves with them and just hunt, um, spend the time that he has to not do that and to hunt and try to hunt these bucks down. So appreciate you guys tuning in all the way into the end. Um, like always try to do the right thing try to leave a legacy and white to legacy is out until we're coming in your ear holes next wednesday at 11 a.m central time
0: Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6'8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.